Oh, it's new Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. How's everyone doing? <sighs> you must be doing great. Must be a great day wherever you are. My name is Flobo Boyce, and I am the mayor of the city for creatives. If you are anyone with an idea, an inkling, a spark, you too can be a citizen of New Amsterdam. NewAmsterdam.com is a website home to all those other shows under the New Amsterdam Entertainment umbrella you know by the time this airs we're probably dead in the center of november uh weather must be getting a little bit colder you know for most of the country i live in los angeles it's going to be a toss-up i feel it's either going to be a heat wave in december or it's going to pour and pour and pour those only two flavors you get uh when it comes to that socal living see usually i would sit here and tell you we have a guest today but I wanted to slow things down a bit. I wanted to have a conversation very much like the early episodes of New Amsterdam Radio to show you that it's really about taking what's happening in the world around us and, and shifting that and applying that to our own work. So without further ado, we're going to have ourselves a grand old time because something's on my mind about the curious case of Queeby. You know, I sat on this idea for a couple of weeks uh, talking about Queeby, and I'll go into more detail of the product in just a second. I was like, did I want to make this episode a, a show about failure, a show about knowing your audience, and or a show about when expectations in your mind and the actual results mismatch? And there isn't really a way to separate them, I've come to realize. So let's dive into every single thing that I have pulled from this kind of story. So it's going back to about a couple of years ago, uh, Queeby, which was supposed to be the revolutionary way that we're going to reimagine our viewing habits, more or less millennials and Generation Z people who are on the go. We're able to see these bite-sized uh, videos or television shows are about 10 minutes or less. That Queeby stands for Quick Bites. And the idea was that no one wants to sit there and watch an hour-long show. They want something quick and easy. Which, to be fair, there is some truth to that. Uh, I am a big late-night TV show, late-night talk show junkie. I mean, I have the late shift and war for late night books. I grew up with Jay Leno. Uh, I appreciate Craig Ferguson. I really like what Jimmy Fallon's doing, but I've seen that viewing habits for shows like that shift. No one really stays up late to watch Saturday Night Live's 90 minute presentation or an one hour late night talk show. We kind of just say, we're going to go about our lives. And either we may watch the entire show time shifted or we just look at clips and games that we love the most. And I remember uh, in Fallon's heyday, right before uh, his ratings uh, weren't favorable, I remember uh, people just would share the games he would play with the, the celebrity guest. There wasn't, there wasn't really no one pushing the monologue as much. You could pick and choose what we want. So when Queeby decided to do that with video content, it made sense. Everything kind of made sense cognitively. Now, I don't have to tell you this. But 2020 is a year unique. Uh, no matter what walk of life you are from, what kind of creative you are, what happened in the world this year cannot be understated enough. Big shifts happen in what we're doing. In fact, some of the episodes at the beginning of the quarantine, remember we're talking March and April, I was coming to grips with what I can offer the world as a creative as well. But despite what was going on, Queeby decided to launch in spite of 
of the global pandemic, which had it worked out, may have been a masterstroke. You know, people are at home. Maybe there is a, a need for more content, new ideas and, and fresh outlets. Uh, didn't work out that way, apparently. And just under six months of being live, Queeby is going to shut down. In fact, there's still shows out there that were in the process of filming that are now coming to grips with, do we shut down? Do we try to get outside funding to finish the, their particular projects? And the whole thing has been about a mess. And it's very easy to put our heads back and say, why it failed? Why would you launch a new paid service during a pandemic when money's tight? Why would you challenge people to change their viewing habits if people are going to do and watch content the way they want? In other words, what makes you think people are only going to watch 10 minutes of content at a time on your platform only? Why not flick on a Netflix movie and watch those same 10 minutes with a movie that happens to be longer? And of course, there's a whole thing about misprogramming. You see, Queeby was head by Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman, and a lot of the content creations, curation seemed to be kind of at odds with the demographic. You know, we had stars that I would recognize as somebody in my 30s, uh, being on a platform that's designed for people in their 20s and teens. And he, uh, there was a whole discussion about, hey, is this, this is like when uh, the cool mom comes out and tries to hang with the girls or the boys. A lot of ways things can fail. And, and the, the first lesson you can pull from this as a creative is that sometimes you will fail. Sometimes you'll have the answer and sometimes you won't. Uh, but going a little bit deeper, I felt like had Queeby worked out, it would have been seen as a masterstroke. And I think that's more critical for you guys to pull. You know, so it takes a lot of bravery, a lot of courage to put what you work on on display to be consumed, whether it's a product or service. And if it works out, you have people sliding your DMs saying, I see you, good job, you're doing very well. And if it doesn't work out, those same people or even more other people will like to let you know, well, you didn't really advertise it correctly. Well, next time do this and next time do that. And that's pretty frustrating, but that's the nature of the beast. And I wanted to underline that because Queeby had backing from people. This wasn't someone like yourself or, or me that worked in his garage or in my case, my apartment on a novel or a setup comedy routine. This is a platform and app that had uh, investors from all different sides of the venture capitalist era. Like, you would think at that level, failure is absolutely not an option, but sometimes it is. And I can sit there and tell you, hey, from my experience, failure is a part of being creative, learn to deal with it. But you can't. <laughs> it still stings. There's still projects that hurt. Again, I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show. But New Amsterdam originally sold stationery, and I really thought that I was going to be in a product-based business. And when that business failed, I did not want to let go of the concept of New Amsterdam. So it became a podcast. <laughs> and that's a way you can make a failure into a positive. But it was almost like it didn't diminish the fact that you had a vision and it didn't go the way it's planned. But also, I challenge you to think about how uh, the commentary came so fast and so thick. It wasn't just a buddy saying, hey, try this. There are absolute think pieces from people all over the world that says why it wouldn't work. So what I'm learning, the mistake I am seeing where I make sure from now on, if I go to make my own project, is you got to have a beta period. 
I mean, the tech industry had it right. I know I'm not saying Quibi didn't have a beta, but just for whatever you're working on, try to get it to people from different walks of life, not just your friends because you are connected by a certain thing. Try to get that acquaintance you haven't seen in, in five years or that friend of a friend or that parent you know that is totally going to hate everything. Uh, to say, what do you think about this? I have, sorry to bother you. I'm not trying to sell something because you know how it is. If someone slides in my DM after a long time, I start to wonder, what are you trying to get me to buy? But just say, well, you know your thoughts. And of course, a lot of times people are busy. They'll just say, cool or great. But I think that's will behoove you as a creative to do your due diligence just to make sure from if you're missing something. I do think it's completely valid in Creepy's case that a lot of the content were basically targeted for people in their 30s and 40s, even though the functionality of the app was for people in their teens. But the thing about people in their teens is I don't think they have the disposable income to try a brand new quote-unquote virgin platform without a big get, you know, unless I was like a... I don't know. What's, what are the kids into? <laughs> well, I'll take an example. I, I'm a Spotify podcast person, but some of my friends are not Spotify people. They listen to their podcasts on Apple or they watch the videos on YouTube. But when Joe Rogan signs a contract and says, I'm putting my entire platform to Spotify, well, that may be an incentive to try a new platform. They're like, well, okay, I really love Joe Rogan so much. I don't, but this is just an example. I'm going to go and try this new platform, Spotify, to see where he is. But what I can tell on Quibi, there really wasn't a big get. There really wasn't a celebrity for that age group that's going to have a show exclusively on that platform to bring people with. Um, I know I joked on my show notes. I said, oh, man, if only BTS or Monster X had a show on Quibi, that may have changed the game. <laughs> you know, and like I when I was in high school, probably I'm dating myself, but when I was in high school, I was really into satellite radio, the idea, because my parents couldn't afford it or didn't quite get it. And I remember being into XM radio myself specifically, but the whole idea of two competing satellite radio companies was weird. And in serious, at the time, the smaller one, the one I kind of wanted to fail because I liked XM's layout better, they scored stern. And Howard Stern, you can argue, saved satellite radio to the point where, yes, XM and Sirius combined to become Sirius XM, but now satellite radio is an option. You know, you're working with the vendors when you get a new car, they give it the six-month or three-month trial, now you're hooked, okay, I'll get satellite. I haven't moved my car more than 20 miles in seven months, but my renewal was up on my car for satellite radio, and I go... Ah, there's nothing worse than having a function I can't access. Ah, oh, you got me, SiriusXM. <laughs> what I'm saying is also, if you can, whatever it is that you work creatively, try to put yourself in a position where you are an answer to a solution. I guess the most important thing that you can learn from failure or learn from what goes wrong in the release of your product or service is something that was echoed in this article from Inc. This is, uh, I guess, a transcription and summary of a recent appearance that Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman was on CNBC discussing about the fall of Quibi. And uh, I'm just going to read this, these two paragraphs here, just to get you a little bit more perspective. It says, on October 22nd, Quibi co-founders Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman appeared on CNBC to announce that they would be shutting down the short-form streaming company for mobile devices. Even critics of the service were surprised they had just pulled the service in six months after its launch. 
After Creepy was a bust, CBC, NBC commentators found their interview refreshing. Why? Because they heard something they really heard from business leaders. Katzenberg said, quote, we own it. I think that is fantastic. Once you sit there and say, look, I failed because, as an article goes on to say, a, quote, convergence of problems, you're able to find solutions to see how the best you can pivot. If you can pivot, if you have to quit, if you have to destroy and rebuild, you can't move on until you admit it's a failure. And if it's a failure, you can add it to your quiver of life experiences. Just fascinating stuff. And that just uh, makes me think. The whole idea is if you think about the projects I have in limbo, the ones I'm afraid to launch, that sort of thing. And it's just interesting to see how even at that level, there isn't a bit of a smokescreen. It isn't, well, you know, the reason why is because of X, Y, and Z. It's, yes, those things are there. Ultimately, we're the captain of our own ships. We're the mayors of our own cities. And it's all on us. That does it for me on this edition of New Amsterdam Radio. Make sure you check out this and all the other episodes over at newamsterdam.com. And you know what? Hit me up. I'm Flowball Voice. I'm uh, all over the internet, but I'm definitely available at Flowball Voice on Twitter, at Flobito on Instagram. That's F-L-O-B-I-T-O. And uh, support the show in two ways. You can join the Boisterous crew and unlock bonus content like unabridged episodes of New Amsterdam Radio when we have guests in studio and of course show notes to see how I draft each episode. That's patreon.com slash voice and if you want to buy yourself a t-shirt or a mask or a hoodie just in time for the holidays, flobito.threadless.com uh, That's F-L-O-B-I-T-O dot threadless.com Support creative arts Support your friends who are also creatives and make sure your friends and family support you. But until next time, as always, the city is yours. <laughs>